guys who exemplify what it means to be a man, and we are happy, happy to introduce one of them with us tonight. Not only did he serve our country in the Navy, playing for Navy, did football, and he is also a NASCAR driver. Guy who probably shot many guns, defended our country, a manly man. We are here with uh, Jesse Uwuji. How are you? Pretty good. Thanks for uh, having me on the show. All right, welcome, Jesse. Thanks. We are excited to have you. You are actually yeah. our, uh, at this time now, would be our third NASCAR driver. Um, okay, cool, cool. We actually had Jesse Little on okay. and Spencer Boyd. Nice. So, we're, we're excited to have you on. I'm a big fan. I'm uh, completely bummed out that we are not getting any NASCAR, and it, it is killing me. It's killing my weekend, but my wife <laughs> is loving it. So, <laughs> Hey, at least I got the eSports stuff going on. That that has been yeah, the right? saving grace. And honestly, I think NASCAR has handled that exceptionally well. They I mean, really are. That's what I that's what I just came off of was my simulator. Oh well, look at that. <laughs> See, that. That's what I want to get. I got. I have a whole. I have a separate separate closet that I want to get that put up in. And the wife is giving. Well, compared to what I wanted it to be originally, a cigar closet. I think she'd be all right with what I'm doing with that. But yeah, yeah. I, I, actually, um, a few uh, might have been. Was it last week you were in? Um, they were doing the. Uh, I can't remember which race it was. I ran Bristol um, a couple weeks ago. Then I was trying to qualify in for Richmond, but um, got uh, I got beat out by Michael McDowell, so he got my spot. But okay, he's experienced, so I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a kudos too. That if you, you're just getting beat by one guy who's a Cup guy, it's you know hopefully going to be a bright future for you in NASCAR. Like I said, we we always pull for our guys that you know are out there doing it, and I mean it's I you'd have to have balls of steel to do that. I I. I do not like the idea of driving that fast with just anything that could go wrong. And you're going into a, well, now the safer barrier, but essentially it's still got to be pretty damn hard of a hit. It's, it's, it's a wall that doesn't move a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so for anyone who doesn't know you, um, if you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, for sure. So um, my name is Jesse Wuji. Originally I'm from Dallas, Texas. I grew up there my whole life. Uh, both of my parents um, grew up in Nigeria, so they came over to the U.S. in the 80s. They had me and my two brothers and my sister um, in Texas. Um, while growing up in Texas, uh, high school football was really big, so um, I really uh, worked very, very hard in high school to um, basically learn the game of football and get better at it because I had this goal of going off to college and playing college football. So I grinded like crazy throughout high school to get better and better. I wasn't like a just like a natural talent at football. I literally had to like work hard and learn it because it wasn't something that, you know, my dad never played football. No one in my family, I was the first one to play football. You know, <laughs> then my brothers played after that, and my sister played all of the other sports too. But, um, you know, did that in high school. And then finally senior year, it got to a point where I was good enough where I could start getting looked at by schools. And the Naval Academy came knocking on my door trying to recruit me for football. And I just looked at it as a great opportunity to be able to go out to a great school, get a great education, play great college football, and then also um, at the end of it, be able to serve as an officer in the United States Navy. So it was a win in all kind of ways, um, being able to do that. And um, so I went there to the academy, uh, played all four years, had a um, you know great four years doing it. Uh, we beat Army all four years, we beat Air Force all four years, we beat Notre Dame <laughs> twice, we almost beat Ohio State. We went to four bowl games, and my final bowl game beat Missouri. Um, actually, we, we squashed Missouri. Um, and that's when they had Blaine Gabbard at the, court, at, at the quarterback position. So um, that was really cool. And then graduated in 2010, 
And after football was over, you know, obviously I was in the Navy at that point. So I was going to be a surface warfare officer. And for those who don't know what surface warfare officers are, they're basically officers on ships who operate the ships. And, um, you know, my duties were to basically be on some ships going on deployments and stuff. So the next four years after graduation, I basically spent four years on ships, uh, two years on two different ships. Um, hmm. And uh, and uh, went on one deployment with one ship for about 10 months, went on another deployment with the other ship for about five months. And then um, during my off time, when I'll be back home in San Diego at that time, I was really developing this passion towards cars and racing and stuff like that. And I used to take my personal cars to different tracks for open track days. Had a lot of fun doing that, working on, you know, I, I would go to drag strips, I would go to road courses, I'd do whatever I could with my car. And finally, I got to the point in 2014 where I just made this crazy decision that, hey, you know, I'm going to be doing car stuff for the rest of my life because I just love cars. Why not try to take it to the ultimate level? Why not try to become a professional race car driver? Where? I don't know. Just become a professional race car driver. And that's what basically led me towards going the route of NASCAR. And um, it's not like I made the decision, you know, and then all of a sudden it happened. Like, I literally, I took my whiteboard off my wall. I said, I wrote on there, I said, Jesse, become a professional race car driver. And that's literally where the journey started. So I had a vision and I put it to paper or my whiteboard. And then from there, I started grinding. I had to go figure out, okay, how do people get into racing? Like, how does it work? You know, what's it going to take? And I quickly learned money was a big part of it. I quickly learned that there's a lot of negative people who will tell you it's impossible unless you come from this, come from that, have this, have that, blah, 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 all that crap. Um, I wasn't going to listen to them. You know, I, if I had a vision of me becoming a professional race car driver, like God put that in my mind for a reason. So why let it just go to waste? So I was like, I'm going to act on this vision. I'm going to act on my beliefs. I'm going to act on my dream actually go make it happen no matter what it's going to take um people said hey you're going to need a lot of money to do it you know and if you don't come from a rich family where are you going to get the money from i'm like where do rich families get money from right they, they <laughs> yeah, work right, right? They, they somebody owns some business or they do this to do that right why can't i go start my own business and make extra money on the side like is there a law against that no so then i started grinding to start my own business and my business that i had on the side while still being active duty in the navy um that's what allowed me to make the extra funds to even get into racing because racing's not cheap Tires cost money, fuel costs money, people cost money, transportation costs money. Um, if you get in a crash, it costs money. It all costs money. So I had to go find money to do that. While doing that and, and getting myself into my first you know, few races at, at the late model level, um, uh, at short tracks, I did that. And then from there, just started working my way up and went from late models to the NASCAR k series to the ARCA series and then now the NASCAR truck series. And that's over the last five years now and working on jumping into Xfinity and then eventually Cup. So that's kind of of um this the short version of my story <laughs> wow <laughs> i mean it's impressive the one thing that pained me and you you saw me you saw the grimace on my face we are um we're actually from uh orange county new york and mm -hmm. i work right outside the uh gates of west point so, <laughs> so hearing you say that you beat them four years in a row that that that, that took a little bit of hit right there but i mean yeah you had that was an impressive run it was what was it like 16 years straight uh yeah 14 or so I think. yeah it was it was in the teens like, yeah it was like 14 i think 14 years straight i believe yeah <laughs> and did you play in philly baltimore like what was where were all the games played for those um we, i believe one was in baltimore the rest were all in philadelphia philadelphia yeah. so that that's one game i i definitely want to go see that's like a bucket list game it's just mm -hmm. it, it tickets are out out outrageous for it but it's well worth yeah. it i mean the the pageantry <laughs> the 
all that is just well worth it. And it's now become an even bigger. I think it's bigger now because both teams are really good now. So, you yeah. know, for a while we were, you know, stomping Army, Army wasn't great. So it was, like, guaranteed that we were going to win every single time. Now right. it's like you don't know. I mean, even, like, last year Navy finally got back and started winning again. But, uh, you know, finally after, like, two or three years. But um, <laughs> they, they finally went one again, and uh, but it was still close. It wasn't easy. And um, next year is going to be tough again. So it's not going to be easy. Like, it, it's a really, really good game now. I think a lot of people are paying attention to it. Uh, every After every game – as long as Army wins, I'm usually got a pretty good, uh, pretty good drink on. I'll go out and shoot off some fireworks. So for me, I yeah. we, we love watching it here at this house. Um, now, if you could, what do you think is more of a, a, I guess, a better atmosphere, the game or going to say a Daytona, you know, a Bristol, one of those? If you have to, I mean, I know it's apples and oranges, but just kind of the the fan involvement in it. Yeah, so, um, you know, college football is awesome. You know, I mean, the energy behind it is great. The fans, um, you know, just the excitement, everything is really, really cool. And with football, there's a lot of exciting things that happen, you know, like every, like a lot, you know. Whereas in NASCAR, I wouldn't say there's exciting stuff that happens like every moment of the, you know, game, I would say, or the the race. Uh, There's exciting things that happen within a race, but, you know, there's a lot of kind of just like strategy, just kind of just moves, keep moving, keep moving. You know, it's almost like in football when, you know, you have a quarter of football where a lot of it's just kind of like, you know, two or three yards in a cloud of dust, you know, like that's kind of um, like what NASCAR can be sometimes in a way, but then something really exciting happens. And then when you get towards the end of the race in the final, you know, 20 laps or so, then it really starts pumping up. So, um, you know, there's, uh, they're, they're definitely different, but, you know, racing and racing at a place like Daytona or going to Bristol, I mean, it, it's super cool because there's a lot of fans there, a lot of people. And um, it's really, really just a cool experience. I mean, just to see that many people packed at one place on um, the watch a race, it's really cool. But football definitely, I mean, is always awesome. Now, while you were being deployed, were you at any time when that game was on, on, on a ship? Yeah, uh, yeah. so um, let's see. Uh, I was on deployment for two of the um, – two of the Army-Navy games, so 2012 and 2014 Army-Navy game, I was on deployment. I believe we got to watch, the first one, I was actually on land at that time, um, in Bahrain, when it happened, so I believe I got to watch it there, and then on, I was on the ship for the second one, and some, I think we were close enough to land where we got enough satellite reception where we could watch the game on the ship. And okay, it was so cool that, because, yeah, we had a lot of uh, Naval Academy grads on the ship, so we were all pumped to watch it and all that. Okay, <laughs> like, did they have, is there like a, a big room that you watch in or is it kind of like the mess hall where, where would you where would you watch it on? yeah in the officer in the officer wardroom so that's where we got to watch it so it's a decent sized enough room where most of the academy grad officers could fit you know fit in there and because yeah, not you know all the all the other guys who didn't go to the naval academy who just went to the you know, regular schools and then went in as an officer like they didn't care about the game but like you know all the academy people did now you graduated from from navy who gave your comm- commencement speech? Oh, I can't even remember now. It was someone important. Um, <laughs> I think it was the Secretary of Defense. I think, okay. I think. I think at the time. I can't even remember. I literally can't remember. Yeah, I think it was. I can't even remember. I, I don't remember stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> now, if it was the president, I would have remembered that. But I got to meet the president, presidents. I got to meet two different presidents over my four years. Um, president George W. Bush and also Barack Obama. Um, we went to the White House um, 
each year while I was at the academy, we got to meet them. Wow. Now, did they ever say to you, like, honestly, like, we wanted Navy to win, or you, you beat my, you know, you beat Army? Did, did they ever, like, kind of on the slide say that? Where yeah, I never got that deep into a combo with them <laughs> to be able to ask them that, but um, you know, they, I'm sure they have their picks on kind of who they like the most. <laughs> now, now that you're back home, you're 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 on land. What is your game day for Army Navy? What is your game day? I guess festivities. Do you go out to a bar? Do you do you have guys over? What, what's the what's the the party like for you? Yeah, so um, I would say right after I graduated from the academy, those first couple or the first year, could only or two years or so, I would go out to um, you know some bars and stuff with some friends and you know a whole bunch. Basically, there were some like navy bars I would say in San Diego because it's a navy town, so there's places where academy guys would always go, and that's where we went to watch the games. And then um, over the last two or three years now or three years now i've been actually going to the game last three years and um that's because i've been doing some partnership stuff with um usaa and also the navy over the last few years so that's what's basically brought me to the games so um last couple years i've been doing things with usaa we're promoting the whole army navy game since they're official sponsor of the game so they brought me out as in like an influencer an ambassador to, you know just kind of help bring up the hype and um, talk about the game and stuff. So uh, that's been pretty cool over the last two years. Now, with all the coronavirus stuff going on, um, the Air Force had their, I guess, their graduation where they were all sitting far apart. I mean, do you, do you feel that takes a little bit of away from kind of that special day? I mean, it, it had to obviously be special to sit there and, and say that you now are a graduate from one of the greatest or the greatest Naval Academy, military academies in the world. Yeah, um, I mean, it would be interesting, I guess, if it was, we had to spread out, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day you were just ready to get out and go, <laughs> you know, so I don't think they truly, truly, really care about, like, oh, man, this is different, they're like, thank God, it's over, like, it's time to go on to the fleet, go, you know, go lead people, go do cool stuff, you know, because a lot of the academy, when it's fun, it gets to your senior year, towards the end of your senior year, you're just ready to get out, you're like, I've been here too long, like, I, I gotta get out to the real world and do real things, so, um, I, I don't think it really matters so bothers them too much okay one of actually our hometown friends um, he listens here he'll, he'll enjoy uh, listening to you he's a NASCAR fan and uh, he's up there in the uh, the Navy but mm -hmm. I know he was stationed in San Diego for a little bit I believe he's up in um, Rockport where were you mainly stationed out of um, well, like, um, like uh, once I graduated from the academy? Yeah. Yeah, so um, when, I, when I graduated, I actually immediately actually went up to Newport, Rhode Island for about 10 months. I was up there um, helping coach the Naval Academy prep school football team. So one of the assignments we can get um, coming out of the academy, um, if you were a football player and you were a surface warfare officer or some other positions, um, you were allowed to, instead of going straight to your first ship, you can kind of take a little bit of time and go help coach the um, Naval Academy um, prep school uh, football team. So what that does is for the Navy and the school, it saves them money on having to hire some full-time coaches and stuff like that. I mean, they have they do have like two or three full-time coaches there, but um, they uh, using some of the ex-football players who kind of know the system well. I mean, we're qualified enough to go up there and coach, you know, some 18-year-olds who just got out of high school. So we go up there, and each year it's different, so it always changes every single year. There's like three or four kids, or kids, you know, us seniors who graduated who go off there and uh, coach. 
And then um, uh, right after that, after 10 months of that, then I went to San Diego, which was my first home station. I was stationed in San Diego for about four years. So um, that's where I was on two different shifts and stuff. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be funny if he texts us later on and says, oh, I, I was on the same ship as him. I mean, I'm sure it's probably, you know, one in a million that it would happen, but it'd be yeah. funny if that was that. <laughs> uh, now, you are a veteran. You go out there. Memorial Day's coming up, all, all these things. What I mean, really, what does it mean for you to be, and as we said from in the beginning when we introduced you, we talk about manly men. We consider what you do one of the greatest things. God bless you. Thank you for what you do. What is it really like? I know my father was uh, he was in Vietnam. My father-in-law was in Vietnam. I never really talked to him too much about it, but what does it really mean to you when that day comes around? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, you have Memorial Day, you got Veterans Day, you got Independence Day. They're all different kind of days honoring different kind of things. I know a lot of the general public typically thinks it's all the same thing. Um, but it's not. Uh, Memorial Day is more about people who have come before us who have basically sacrificed their lives so that we could have a free country. You know, I mean, these people, everyone who's serving, no one no one put a gun to their head to go, you know, sign up and go serve, right? Everyone made a voluntary decision, hey, I'm going to go give a lot of my time, a lot of my energy, a lot of my health, a lot of everything, and potentially their life so that we can be able to live here. And I can sit here and do this podcast with you without having to tell the government first, you know, or we'd be able to speak English and not like some other language, you know? So, um, you know, for everybody who's gone, come before us and actually served and put on the uniform, whether they did it for, you know, three months or they did it for 30 years, it doesn't matter. If you put on the uniform, you made a decision, like you you did something that a lot of people haven't done or, or would never do, you know, just for our freedoms out here. So. Um, you know, for Memorial Day, I think about the people who come before us. You know, I have plenty of friends who, um, you know, I graduated the academy with who 10 years later now aren't here with us anymore. Whether it was, you know, they lost their life in combat, they lost their life um, in training accidents, they lost their lives just to themselves. You know, I've had a few of them uh, commit suicide. So, um, and close ones too. I mean, people I've played football with that you would never thought would ever do it, and they did. I mean, I had two friends just on one day do it. Um, one jumped off of a bridge in San Diego, the other one hung himself in Virginia. So um, things like that happen, and a lot of it's due to a lot of the stresses that they're going through because it's hard. You know, I mean, we don't have regular days in the military. Like, I mean, it's a it's a salary job. So whether you work uh, uh, a minute in a week or you work 24 hours every single day in a week, you know, we get still get paid the same. So you know, sometimes there's a lot of um, work that's put on us and a lot of stresses, and you got to lead people, and you know that people are under you that. You're leading that, hey, like decisions that you make could potentially get them hurt or put them in a bad position or maybe even get them killed, you know, and you got to make that call. So it's a lot of stress, and uh, but we do it because, um, you know, we love what we do and we try to do our best and we hope for the best. And we know that military isn't forever for us, but, you know, we keep doing what we do. So that's what um, Memorial Day means. Independence Day for us, um, you know, that's that's that day that, you know, a lot of people were those farmers or, you know, plumbers or whatever came together. It was like, hey, we're going to fight against these people who are trying to oppress us. We're going to fight against these people who are trying to rule us. We're going to fight for our freedom. That's like that's Independence Day right there. Veterans Day is more of just for anyone, anyone who's ever served before, now, later, you name it, like Veterans Day for all those people. So all of them have the different meanings. All of them are special. Um, you know, definitely love that we have those holidays. And I love that here in this country, people respect the military and honor them. It's really, really cool. Um, you know, we don't go around asking for thanks or this and that. We, we do what we do because we want to do it. Like I, when I signed up, I didn't sign up because I wanted to hear people tell me thank you for your service all the time. 
Like, in fact, you know, usually I'm just like, oh man, like, like I just try to go around people. <laughs> but um, you know, it's uh, it's definitely something that uh, we love doing, and I'm, I'm just happy we're in a country that recognizes it and respects it. Amen. Uh, I mean, like I said. From both of us, like, God bless you for what you did. We're sorry that you did have, you know, some loss in your life yeah. friends and that. You know, I, I see it at work, you know, some of the stressors that these guys go through. I mean, I, I can't speak for you, but I know that they get up at, you know, the butt crack at dawn. They're, you know, physical fitness, then it's studying, then it's, I mean, everything is regimented. It's There's times and places for everything. Going to bed late at night, getting minimal amount of sleep. I mean, God bless you for doing that. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, fun times at the academy. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's what we do. It's what we get used to, and um, that's why we are how we are. You know, that's why a lot of them, you know, a lot of academy grads when they when they uh, once they get out of the military eventually or whatever, whatever they want to do in life, they can go. A lot of them go and excel and exceed um, because you know I, I I don't have to go to school and get my MBA to really know how to go and lead a business. You know, like I just learned enough skills. In the military, you know, do it. that's why I was able to start a business on the side and get that going and do all the stuff I've been able to do because I'm used to putting myself under uncomfortable positions a lot and being able to excel in those positions. So um, that's what we're built to do. And I just, you know, wherever I want to go, wherever I want to do, I know I can make it happen. Oh, absolutely. And you, you guys seem to know, and again, I'm just speaking for the guys that I see at West Point, when it's time to kind of let your hair down, you guys can definitely do it. <laughs> I don't yeah, know how it is can, over in Annapolis can. if it's... Yeah, well, this crazy thing is you got the Naval Academy right here, and then right outside the gates is Annapolis downtown. Like, you just walk 100 feet, and you're within a lot of bars. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah, people can definitely let their hair down. It was cool. It was fun. I, I had a really good time at the Academy, um, you know, when I look back on it. You know, while there, sometimes you're like, oh, my God, this is hell. But, um, you know, it, it wasn't that bad. Now, you said while you were um, out of the academy, you were out on deployments and coming back, you started a business. Do you, do you want us to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in 2015, I started. So after my second deployment, I was done with sea duty. And then from there, I was transitioning to shore duty. So in shore duty, I was in uh, Monterey, California, um, which is a cool place, really nice place. And um, I was going to spend about two and a half years there on shore. And um, while doing that, my free time was going to be a lot more than what it was when I was on the ship. So I had time to actually start on my own business and get into racing and all that stuff. So um, uh, my first business that I started and I still have it now is an events company where I put on racing events. So I would basically organize drag racing events at different tracks and um, have people basically bring their personal cars to the track and race them. And um, we were able to build a cool brand with that and, and um, get a really good following you know, on Instagram at that that my event page has like over a hundred thousand um, followers on it. And, um, you know, each event we're usually able to get anywhere from 2000 to 6,000 people to come to the events. So it's, it's got, it's gotten a lot of popularity. It's been growing a lot. It's been doing well. I mean, obviously right now I can't put on any events, but it's all good. You know, I'm not, you know, we got other business stuff now. So that's been able to allow me to get into more business stuff. Now I've got a uh, trucking business, um, with my brothers and, um, we have trucks that are on the road hauling goods all over the place. And then, um, you know, I'm getting into some real estate stuff here pretty soon. So I'm um, just working all different kind of angles to build, um, you know, my financial side of things. And then that, in turn, helps my racing side because it can help cover some of the costs, you know, of whether I have sponsorship or not. I, what you're just saying there, how you're getting, it seemed being pulled in all these different directions. 
and then to be able to focus in on driving, you get this passion for it. You start, uh, you said late models. Now, yep. were you doing, where were you mainly racing out of? So when I first started racing late models, that was in, uh, I, my first race was April 2015. Prior to that, I had never raced a real race car before. So um, I guess I came back from my second deployment in uh, December 2014. Um, in January 2015, I bought a simulator, that same one you see back there. And then I basically practiced on there for three months. I also went to do three different tests with the late model just to test the car on the track. And then between the three tests and basically um, 500 to 600 laps a week on my simulator every week leading up until April uh, 2015, um, that's what I used to train. And then I did my first race in April, and uh, it went halfway decent. Now, uh, we, have an, we have an old track up by us. It's a dirt track. It's technically clay, but it's a dirt mm -hmm. track. Were, were you? Did you do asphalt? Did you do dirt? Where, where was your, I guess, your beginnings, if you will? Oh, yeah. Irwindale Speedway. Irwindale Speedway, asphalt. So, um, half-mile track, really competitive track in Southern California, um, fast track to, especially with late models, and um, that's where I ran first, um, and then I didn't get into dirt stuff until the winter of 2015, so after a season of asphalt racing, I quickly realized, hey, I need to learn some more car control, you know, because I want to be more comfortable when the car gets bent out of shape, so um, I went dirt racing in outlaw carts. So I don't know if you know what outlaw carts are, but basically they're a go-kart with a wing. So it looks like a little mini sprint car. It's a, it's a go-kart sprint car. And um, they have uh, about 100 horsepower or so, sometimes more. And 100 horsepower in a little go-kart is a lot. For example, um, if you look at a Mazda Miata, a Mazda Miata has like 110 horsepower, 120 horsepower in a big car. It's not big, but it's a small car. It's still a 2,000-plus pound car. Uh, go kart with the same amount of horsepower. <laughs> yeah, we. I know um, my father used to go up to Syracuse, um, Syracuse, and then yeah, that's where the uh, state fair is for us. And they would mm -hmm. always have the the World of Outlaws, you know, up there, and all the ones upstate. Um, mm -hmm. So he, I used to get dragged over to uh, Orange County Fair Speedway over in Middletown for us, and that was oh. a lot of like street stock. Um, you know, mm -hmm. the um, modifieds, things like that. So yeah. we ne I don't think they ever ran um, outlaw cars there. So, yeah. but I definitely see where you're saying. With having dirt, you're, you're always on a swivel there. You know, you're, yeah, you're yeah. kind so of drifting through the... Control. Yeah, and it's cool. It's really good racing. So the outlaw carts, they're, um, they race typically, uh, they do indoor stuff a lot, and uh, especially in the winter. And um, they have uh, they go basically they'll go to like a horse barn thingy or whatever where they usually do horse stuff and they just make it into a little small dirt oval like a really really small track and they race but they got to keep the track that small because with that much horsepower and such something that small you don't want those things getting to 100 miles per hour or something like that or if you crash you're just you're just gonna hurt really bad. <laughs> so you you move up from that and you get in, you set into uh, was it the K and N? The NASCAR K&N series, yeah, which is now they moved it, uh, merged it together with ARCA, so now it's ARCA. But um, yeah, NASCAR K&N series, a bigger car, 600 plus horsepower. Um, the tracks we were racing at were similar. It was similar to Irwindale. You know, we raced at Irwindale and raced at some other half mile, quarter mile, third mile, three eighths mile, and then we ran um, some one mile tracks too in road course. Um, so did that for two years. Uh, ran on national TV, NBC Sports. And then um, from uh, uh, K&N, moved to ARCA and started running some bigger tracks with the same style car, uh, but um, ran at, you know, Chicagoland Speedway, Talladega, Daytona, 
Pocono, all those different places. And then from there, I moved into um, the truck series towards the end of 2018. And I've run about, since then, uh, about, uh, I think I've run about seven, eight truck races. Hmm. All right. Now, going from, you know, you're saying half mile, uh, three eighths, all these short tracks, to getting into, what's the adjustment to get into a road course, getting into a super speedway? What is the biggest difference in that? Do you find it easier to be on a big track where you're not, you know, you're not constantly moving, you're not always having to adjust? I mean, which one do you um, prefer? Yeah, so super speedways definitely, to me, easier to drive. Now, when you're in a pack and there's a lot of air moving around and people are making crazy moves and bumping you, it can be difficult because you're like on like 100% focus the whole time. Um, Whereas um, on a uh, one and a half mile track, you tend to spread out a little bit, so you kind of can get into a more of a rhythm running and all that stuff. Um, and then uh, if you're on a super speedway and then you kind of lose the pack, but maybe it's like you and one or two other people, uh, you can kind of get in a nice little rhythm there and it's kind of dull at that point. Um, on a road course, um, yeah, you're always constantly doing something. You're turning left, you're turning right, you're downshifting, upshifting, you're, doing, you're you know, uh, um, breaking, match revving, you're doing all this stuff. Um, there's a lot going on on a road course. I like the road courses a lot. It's fun because you can get in the rhythm there. Once you really got the track down and you kind of got your rhythm on where you're shifting, where you're breaking, you kind of get into a nice little rhythm the whole way. And you, it's crazy how, like, you hit the same marks over and over on the track, over and over and over, and you're just doing the same thing over and, like, it's nice when you get a nice smooth rhythm and you're just on your own doing your thing. Um, so I like the road courses. Now, you said you're originally from Dallas. Did you make the trek now to the, if you will, the, Mo- the Mooresville area where you're kind of in that whole NASCAR bubble, if you will? Um, yeah, I've been there a few times, but you know I don't live in North Carolina. I still live in California right now because okay. now I'm in the Navy. Yeah, now I'm in the Navy reserves. So um, you know I'm still stationed in Ventura, California now, and um, you know I still drill out of there each uh, each month and uh, drill in San Diego some and all that stuff. So um, just here about a month ago, I was in UAE um, for a bit doing um, uh, some stuff with the Navy. So um, you know I've been all over the place. Hmm. Is the Navy good about, you know, if you say, hey, listen, I'd like to run this race, are they good about it, or are they, is it still more, you know, government no, it's, first? It's, it's been great. I mean, in the reserves, it's a lot more flexible where you can move around your drill days and stuff, and, you know, yeah, it's been good so far. I haven't had, you know, many issues of being able to go race, because it's also been great publicity for the Navy, too. You know, and they, the Navy's used me for different marketing stuff, too, for, you know, over the last couple of years. Now, you, you eventually got into the truck racing. Mm-hmm. I remember watching the uh, the Vegas race and yeah. the hit you took. I mean mm-hmm. that that was that was a it, that seemed like it was a wallop of a hit. Was that worse yeah. than when you than when you played football and got you know started seeing stars? <laughs> what what is what is worse, a football hit or a NASCAR hit? Uh, for that, as crazy as that NASCAR crash was, it definitely didn't hurt anything like some of the stuff I've taken in football. Really? Uh, it didn't hurt wow. at all. It really didn't hurt at all. I was a little bit sore the next day, but it really didn't hurt at all. We have a lot of great safety with these cars and trucks and stuff like that. It's um, it's, it's, it's not always as bad as it looks, but it, it just depends on how you hit and what happens. You know, they're that same exact wreck could tear something up in a different way, and all of a sudden, then you get hurt. You know, so you just never know. I just you know, was blessed that day that I was able to walk right out of it and. Very next day, I was off to Hawaii to do some marketing stuff with the Nets. So, yeah, <laughs> that ain't a bad uh, recovery place. <laughs> yeah, literally the yeah. next day I'm in Hawaii. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I remember I remember watching because I was watching qualifying and I saw that. I'm like, wow, that that looked like it was a wallop of a hit. And I, I rewatched it a few times today, and I mean that that was just right there. And I mean that that pit road wall. Eesh. Yeah, the worst place to hit, you know, but it, it sucks, but, you know, it happens. I mean, that was my first wrecking truck, so, um, you know, I knew eventually one day it would happen. You know, I can't run clean every single race, but, um, you know, it happens. We we learned from it. I, I know the mistakes I made that could have maybe hopefully maybe prevented the wreck from being as bad, or maybe I, maybe there's some stuff I could have done that maybe prevented me from even hitting the wall, um, but, um, you know, it's 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, speaking with the guys that we said we spoke with earlier, you know, they they, um, they said that just the amount of safety equipment that's in there is is unbelievable, you know, and mm-hmm. it's really, t- and unfortunately you did have what I would consider the catalyst to, to kind of start this with uh, Senior, you know, at uh, Daytona, but yeah. in, I mean, we're looking at oh, near 20 years where we haven't had anything, and it's really yeah. remarkable what they did with it, so, I mean, it it definitely seems like you are well more protected in that than you would be out with just shoulder pads and a helmet. So, I mean, yeah, NASCAR yeah. has shoulder pads, and helmet. shoulder pads and a helmet when you get hit, um, it still hurts if you get hit, <laughs> if you get hit in the right way. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> now, do you consider, like, cause you said that you funded a lot of your, your equipment, you know, tires are expensive, gas is expensive. You're working for an owner, things like that but you still have the competitive thing, you know, the competitive mojo to sit there and, and win at any time. Do you ever step back and go, you know what? I, I'm, I feel I'm a little bit too, the car isn't right. I'm a little bit too squirrely out here and, and you tone it down a hair, or is it for you just, I'm going to go balls to the wall and see what happens. For me, I, I would say I'm more of a conservative type driver. I wouldn't say I'm the most aggressive driver because you got to be as aggressive as your wallet size is. Right. So, like, if you don't have a ton of funding, then you can't be you can't be dumb out there. You gotta be smart. You know, there's I I wouldn't say I ever just push the limit all the time. You know, there's sometimes where I try to find limit a little bit, but I gotta be careful because if something goes wrong, you know, because I'm still learning, I'm still learning a lot of stuff. If something goes wrong, you know, we don't need to be pulling out backup cars and stuff like that. So you just gotta be smart. You know, you gotta know the level of equipment you are in and what you're racing for too. You know, like um for I, I don't because I'm not running a full season right now. You know, like it's like, what am I fighting for? You know, really, I'm out there to just learn, get better, so that eventually, when I'm fighting for, you know, wins or a championship or all that stuff, then I can go harder. But for right now, it's smarter just to make sure I get all the laps. So I wouldn't say I go full tilt all the time. I just more do what I gotta do to run all the laps, learn stuff. You know, get to watch some of the fast guys do their thing and just learn from it, and then slowly kind of push it a little bit more and more as time goes on. So that's kind of my approach right now. Now you're you're up in. Um you know, the truck series, you got some guys that have come down, you know, Kyle Busch likes to run, you know, down low, um, in the, the lower tier, uh, series. Do you ever look at some of these guys and just go, you know, like how the heck did they do that? Like, are, like, are you almost like starstruck at how they do it? Or you just go, you know what, that's what makes him good. Like what, what, what's your mindset looking at someone like that? And do you feel that with more practice time, obviously you spend a ton of time on the simulator, is this going to eventually be, you know, watching him, this is how I'm going to do it, and this is how I'm going to be, or do you kind of have your own flair going out there? Yeah, no, um, definitely try to learn from those guys. Um, you know, they, I mean, a lot of them are really good drivers, but a lot of it, too, is, you know, they have really great equipment, you know. So when you get put in really good equipment, you can, you can a lot of people can look like a superhero, too, you know. But um, a lot of those guys are, like, 
they're like really good drivers in really good equipment so then they look like you know superman too you know so um for me i just try to learn from some of the stuff they do but i also got to understand hey their level of equipment isn't always what i'm in you know so i have to understand hey if my equipment is only this fast like i can't make it do what theirs are doing so just learn you know some of their techniques and how they race and you know what they do in certain situations try to apply some of that stuff to what i do but just know that hey like it doesn't mean it's going to make my car drive go just as fast as theirs so um you know you got to kind of recognize both now you drove in an outlaw car you've um you know been in an arca car a truck it's all different style or different you know body types way that they feel what what's your favorite car to drive out on the tracks if you have to stick pick one track um say a bristol if you could take any of the three or four type of cars you drove what would be your favorite one to go wheel around the, the track yeah so for bristol i've only ran a, a k&m car there which is now arca car um it'd be cool to run an arca car there <laughs> you know I, so far i think those are fun there because you can really throw them around a lot so um i don't ran a truck there i'm sure trucks are probably really fun there too but um yeah the k&n car there k&n car at sonoma too was pretty fun too okay yeah now you said you one of our tracks and i i just was there for in the summer was uh pocono they always say it's kind of like a road course i mean is it how, how much of a different feel is it to be have to shift on a big track like that and having that straightaway that's just forever i mean so like, when i when i ran there um i ran arca there and they did not allow us to shift so oh, they really? said yeah, yeah you can only stay fourth gear the whole time so we didn't have to shift only the oh, okay. cup guys i believe are allowed to shift i think so um yeah, they say keep say keep it in fourth, and they they have a way to check to see if you ever downshifted or not. So um, yeah, you can't no shifting. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you always hear about them saying it. It drives like yeah. a road course with that. So yeah, it, it is. It, it, it does drive like a road course in a way because all the corners are way different. But it just drives like a road course that you're turning left all the time. With everything that is going on, do you? Do you have any, like, insider baseball to see if they are going to come back, if it would be, you know, no no spectators there, uh, you know, distancing, seating, anything like that? Anything that, that's going to get me a little bit of glimmer of hope that I can actually enjoy my weekend? <laughs> I mean, I, I, we'll, we'll, we'll basically be getting back to racing for sure. What day? I don't know yet. I mean, there's been talks about it being uh, Memorial Day weekend or sometime in June. And then when they get back, there's been talks about, like, do we have bands or not or not. There, no one really knows it because they haven't really put out a lot of information on it. So we don't even know, uh, really, as drivers, like, what's going to happen. But um, whenever we do get X racing, um, it'll be fun. It'll be cool. And um, it's just going to be a slow way. It'll be, it's going to be slow how we do it. So we just got to make the most of it and see what we got to do and see how we're going to run all these races. Now, getting into, you know, the eNASCAR and iRacing and all that, do since you have a NASCAR license, do you sign up to do this? Do they send you information? How, how did this all materialize and this partnership work out? Yeah, I mean, NASCAR and iRacing partnered up with, like, hey, we got to provide some type of racing, so let's put on iRace, you know, events on, you know, on TV, which has been done before. I think there's been at least a cut one or two or so. So it wasn't, like, completely like a new concept. It was just, it was a little bit new putting, making it where the cup guys were doing it, you know, instead of, like, some iRacer pros, you know. So, um, yeah, they, they hit up a lot of drivers. I was like, hey, we're going to invite you to run this race. You know, I was part of the group, and it's grown since then. So it's been pretty cool. I got one on Saturday coming up for Talladega. Um, hopefully I can qualify in. 
uh, for the Saturday one because you never know what's going to happen. People are fi- everyone's fighting to get in. You know, no one's guaranteed for a Saturday races, so people uh, people can pull some shady moves on you. <laughs> you know, I've had it happen. I mean, I was yeah, I've had it happen. <laughs> yeah, I heard this uh, this fellow. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of him. Jeff Gordon, I heard was going to be uh, ra- racing in this one at Dega. He'll race on Sunday. He'll race on Sunday yeah. one. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it really is remarkable, and, I mean, you watch it, and the, just how lifelike, you know, the track looks, all the, just, I'm not a big gamer, uh, Joe is, he, you know, he, he's always talks about gaming, and just watching it is just amazing how, you know, you see people in the stands, they're cheering, but everything, the, all the nuances of it is just amazing, and you've been doing this from when you started has the technology gotten better has it always kind of been this way and it's kind of maybe just been a hidden thing that people who are now gamers are starting to realize it like what what i guess maybe my better question is like how did you find out about it is this something that everyone does because i've heard in the past you know guys going to the sim was that what it was yeah so um iRacing has been around since like the mid 2000s and, um, you know, it's been great since then. I mean, obviously, it's gotten better and better with new things added to it. Graphics have always been really great. That's always been the same, even when I first started running on it. Uh, but they've changed, like, different things like tire wear and all that stuff. That's all gotten better over the last five years. And okay. then um, go, people go into the sim, like, you know, like, um, you know, if you call Bush goes to the sim or whatever. Like, that's a different style sim. That's, like, a full motion, like, $5 million sim layer. So um, it's, like, it's literally a car. Like, you, you actually... You, you walk into a, basically it's, it's a, a cabin of a car. You're like in there, and there's like this thing under it, and it actually moves and all that stuff. It's pretty crazy, and um, you're like it, it feels as real as it can potentially get. And like, but they don't use iRacing for the software; they use a uh, like R Factor. Okay, so there's different platforms, I guess you could say. Yeah, the different platform. Not that R Factor is just like way better, but I think R Factor just gives them more. Um, control to control the type of um, setups that they're putting in the cars. Whereas iRacing, you can mess with the setups and stuff, but it's just a little bit different. Like our factor works different than iRacing, but I would say the dynamics are really similar. Now, um, we we spoke with uh, Bob Levine of uh, or Levine of Levine Family Racing uh, a few weeks ago, and going on his website, he actually has. Not, they're not NASCAR drivers; they're you know regular Joes that do this. Have you ever competed in like a full season where it would be you're running for the eNASCAR championship, things like that? Or do you just go on there to kind of get more seat time, if you will? Yeah, I mainly go on to get more seat time. I go run some races here and there, but I mainly just go on there to just get seat time and stuff. I don't run in a lot of the leagues and stuff. I mean, there's there's leagues out there that run every week, and they're cool. I run some races in some of those, but um, usually I just go on there just to train. That's all. Now, when you do that, I mean, obviously, they're in a league. They're they're going for their championship. Do you have to race yourself in? Is it automatic that you go in there? Is it like does it work with like heat qualifying? How do, how does you you just being coming in for a one shot deal get into this race? Yeah. So uh, it's, uh, for the regular for the other leagues and stuff like that, yeah. every league is different. Um, you know, some leagues, you know, you don't really have to. Really, I mean, you still do qualifying, but you don't have to like fight against. 60 people to qualify in usually you just you're just automatically in most of the stuff is like that um it's only really this stuff that i've gotten into with the e, e nascar stuff that you have to all qualify in and stuff but uh, besides that um pretty much you get in now when you're gonna you said you're gonna be going for uh, talladega this weekend on saturday night 
is that going to be in truck or is this for which Xfinity? It's going to be Xfinity, Xfinity car. Yeah. Okay. Now, I try to keep up on uh, on what is it? Uh, NBC Sports to try to make sure I record all these, and it's hard to get it. And then there's some only races that are done on on Fox Fox Sports One. Yeah. And then there's some that are just done online. Uh, yeah. I think it might have been the last weekend that we were in our rental. I was watching it on the computer. My wife's like, what the hell are you doing? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm watching the race. And she, it, just this whole thing with her yelling at me about taking time to watch it. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> she just loves that. Uh, is this race going to be televised? Is it going to be on? The one that we're doing on Saturday is online on enascar.com. And then the one that's on Sunday is televised on Fox Sports 1. The Sunday one's for all the Cup guys. Saturday's for all the ARCA, Trucks, Xfinity, and Euro, and Mexico Series, and Canadian NASCAR um, people. All right. Now, when you're on this, I I know, like, watching the broadcast, they say they can talk to each other. Now, there's a spot. You could have a spotter for your team. But can you also hear what whoever, you know, what Dale Jr. is talking? Can you hear everyone Um, talk to it? If he has his mic set up where everyone can hear, yeah, but you can also click things to where only your people can hear. Okay. Is there any ta- yeah. smack talk that is... Uh, <laughs> uh, dude, I don't know if people really... No, no, I don't really smack talks because racing is such a thing. Like, it's crazy where you're not always fully in control of your destiny. So like, you can't really smack. You can't just be like, oh, man, I'm about to whoop your butt. Like, because then I could just turn you and then your mm-hmm. race is over. You know, so like it's you can't smack talk is not the greatest thing in racing because so much can change like that. Like I could change your day of like that, you yeah. know. So um yeah, you can't really smack talk in racing. Nah. It seems like Bubba and Clint are uh they're, they're destined to meet up again at this race. Yeah, I'm sure. Um <laughs> yeah, for especially for Talladega, it's gonna get crazy. It's gonna get really crazy. With all that's going on do you feel once NASCAR gets back, do you think that this is going to kind of go away or do you think that they may still try to do, you know, this maybe on the off season, something like that, just so that it stays popular. Cause it, it seems like it's immensely popular. Uh, yeah. You see yeah, no, it's going to be, uh, I think it's popular. I think, um, I think they're going to hopefully try to figure out a way to keep it going somehow. So I would love for them to have it going on while the regular season is going on. You know, why not have people run these races on Wednesday night? you know, uh, each night or, or when I have something going on in the off season. Now, do you have, if NASCAR or when NASCAR comes back, do you have a set schedule that, you know, you're going to be running in anything concrete right now, or is this more kind of as availability comes, you kind of go pretty much when availability comes whenever, um, you know, one, I, I, I have weekends that I can do it. Um, two, I got a you know a sponsorship. Got to find a sponsorship to do it, and then you know just put that all together. So that's pretty much what dictates my seasons right there. So last year we ran like six or so races. Um, this year I want to run more than that for sure. But um, things are so changed, like changing right now. It's tough to get sponsors at the moment because what do you tell a sponsor? You know, because they you know they ask, hey, how's it going to be when it comes back to racing? I don't know. I don't know if we're going to have yeah, to right. stands. <laughs> <laughs> now I know Pocono is doing the double header, which I'm really happy about because. I can maybe just pass out in my car after, you know, throwing down a few adult beverages and just get up the next morning for the race. Do you like the idea of that if, say, they're going to be going to, well, Vegas already happened and Phoenix happened, but, like, where races that are kind of spread apart, if they did a doubleheader, is that something that 
you think would be good for the sport? Is it something that you would like to do? Or do you think it's just kind of too much in such a clog of time? Um, I think it's real cool as long as the rubber on the track doesn't mess each other up, you know? So as long as you don't get on the track and it feels slippery or something like that. As long as the rubber stays good and it's not screwing the other people's racing up, then I'm cool with it. And then also, you know, it would be cool if we could do Long Beach Grand Prix and NASCAR. There's so much talk about that. If they could ever get to, you know, more road courses, more um, short tracks, things like that. If you could pick a... Obviously, for that, you know, the Grand Prix, you would do that. Any other, you know, short tracks that you would like to go to or any um, tracks that were in the past, North Wilkesboro, that, you know, is no longer with us, that you would like to ride? Like, what would be kind of a, a dream track if you could bring it into the, into the circuit? Um, for the National Series, Irwindale. Irwindale Speedway. If you could bring Irwindale Speedway into the National Series, I think that would be awesome. It's such a cool track. There's multiple lanes to run. You can run super high, mid lane, low. You can run everywhere. It's a great half mile, great fan base, all that stuff. So that would be really cool. And then road course wise, it, I just want, I would love for NASCAR to run street circuits. You know, so like Long Beach Grand Prix, uh, that race in Detroit, Baltimore, wherever. Whatever street circuits are in the U.S., that would be cool. Eldora, you have any, how bad do you want to get there? Is that something uh, you like? Cool it would be cool if the Cup Series ran there. I mean, I, I personally don't have a huge passion for bringing these type cars onto the um, onto the dirt because it, they're just, I don't know, they're not really dirt cars, so it just, <laughs> they're, they're, I don't know, they... A little too hard to handle, or... or not. It'd be interesting if it did, but I don't care. <laughs> Daytona, um, do you like the idea of the road course on, like, these Rovals? You know, I mean, you have you have the, the Roval in Charlotte. Is that something you'd want to see more of? I mean, I like watching the uh, 24 Hours... Again, my wife kills me because I'm sitting there in front of the TV for that long. But watching that road course inside of there, it's something I always wanted to go see. Is that something that you like, or do you kind of like having a, a super speedway as a super speedway? Yeah, no, um, I think the Rovals are definitely a good way to go. I think each track that has the opportunity to put on a good Roval, I think they should do it. Um, it's good racing, and it's cool. It's just a little different thing to do at the track. I mean, there, there's just, there's so many unique tracks and place that I think that they should go to. I, I know that, you know, it's got to be over, uh, what is it, over a half mile for it to be uh, a track that they would run at. But even just something small, just to just to get that. It, it seems like they, they talk about, you know, our hometown track. And, you know, it, a lot of these are short tracks. A lot of these are, you know, dirt tracks. They're short track asphalt where this is what people who fell in love with it started with are doing that, I mean, it'd be great, I think, in my personal opinion, to have something, you know, go to a, a short track, and a real short track, and just bang them up, and, you know, let these guys go back to what their roots were. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely, yeah. Uh, yeah, it'd be cool to add some more short track stuff, and road course, it, we'll see what they do. I mean, NASCAR is hearing everyone say it, so hopefully they act on it. Now... You're you're a pretty big guy. You're, you're what six foot one? Uh, right? Six 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 foot yeah two hundred. How tight is that car? I mean, obviously you're not a Newman, but you're you're a, you're a tall guy. A lot of the guys are a little bit shorter in stature. Is it is it rough getting into these into these uh, cars? Um, are they kind of adjusted still, for you? Yeah, they're adjusted for you. Every seat's different because uh, there's guys that are bigger than me. That I, I mean, look, Michael Waltrip was, was like 
six, six seven, seven eight or yeah. whatever yeah so um they're adjusted to you and the seats are adjusted to you the seats are molded to fit your body so it's not a standard seat like a street car like it's a seat like literally they pour in a mold that molds to your body so, so hmm. you, you fit in there well you fit in there nice and snug so um it's not it's not hard it's not difficult now out of all the guys we always hear about you know uh d Benedetto, they're, they're all physically fit you got to be one of the the most physically fit guys out there mainly because of what you went through with the Navy. I mean, how good does it feel knowing, like, at any time, any of these guys mess with you, you know you could whoop them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, it has a decent feeling. No one's really tested me in that way. I don't think anyone will if they do, then good luck. <laughs> uh, you go to the track. Who, who's your buddies at the track? Do you, do you hang out, you know, in your hall or alone, or is there a certain group of guys that you usually hang out with? What What's, what's, if you will, game day, um, you know, activities that you do. Yeah, for me, I mean, especially on a race day, usually I just kind of say to myself, um, I don't really go hang out with people because everyone's focused on what they're talking about. Everyone's got, we've got a race to run and, um, you know, everyone's just kind of focused because, you know, you're about to go drive really, really fast on the track for a couple hours. So you really got to stay super focused. So I don't really go hang out with anyone. I just kind of, I mean, I see people want to say what's up, but. I just, you know, stay in my holler and only really leave it to go to meetings and use the restroom or get on the track. Now, after the race, with obviously still being with your, you know, the reservist thing, do you have to do you have to fly back right away, or do you ever, you know, if you ever go out around the the track, do you stay for the cup race or any, you know, if there's a, a cup race or Xfinity, or do you kind of just head out once? It's yeah, gone? a lot of times I'll try to stay um, for the you know, Xfinity and cup race and stuff. Um, and then sometimes I do have a Navy drill, like, you know, once a month. So, um, if it's on, if my race falls on the weekend, on a drill weekend after the race, I'll just, you know, fly back or drive back, um, so I can get to my drill. And I've, I've done that a few times now. Now, when, when you do that, do you stay, you know, if you're staying for the cup race, do you stay by your hauler? Do you go sit up in the stands? What do you, do you oh, like I to interact just, with the fans? The yeah, okay. I stay down in the pits. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I don't like standing, being in the stands. I gotta be down in the pits and kind of be part of the whole scene so uh, okay. usually i just stay in the pits now have you experienced the from what we've been speaking with other guys with we always hear about michigan uh and talladega is the the thing to do you know the infield craziness that it is do you ever uh do you ever see any of the debauchery i guess that goes on there i don't go there i don't go in those areas no <laughs> i'm not i usually race weekend i'm focused on racing so um, I try to stay away from all that stuff. I've heard about it though, but I just try to stay away from it. <laughs> what would be your your favorite track? That's you know for truck right now. The ones that is there one that you go to every year that you, you're like it's on the calendar. Uh, I'll talk to you know your you know the brass and say I need to be at this. Is there one track that is your definite? I got to go to track. Um, Daytona. <laughs> Daytona. <laughs> yeah. Do you do both? Do you do, uh... Oh, yeah, I was, I, I, since, since, uh, really since 2016, I've been to Daytona, both Daytonas every single year. How hot is it there in the summer? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy. It, it yeah. is, uh, I didn't realize anywhere could get that hot and humid. I think that it's that hot, it's more of just humidity, because it's like mid-90s or so, and then super humid, so, um, mm. even though it likes to rain a lot, those clouds that come over are really nice when they come over. <laughs> Now we always hear about guys just like dropping, you know, ten pounds in a race. 
what's the the most you've ever lost in a race? Probably six or so, six pounds. Or Jesus. So. Yeah, and that was, I, and that's drinking water in the race. Like I'm, I'm drinking water in the race, and still sweating, and still at net lost six pounds. Huh. My wife would love for me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Daytona. If you could win that, would that be again essentially your your Super Bowl? Would that would that be the the race that is the one you want to win, or is there a different race that you're that you're looking at that you know maybe for the you know Martinsville for the the clock, any any trophy, any anything that you want to kind of get? Yeah, um, I would say four places I would want to win a race. Um, Daytona is one. Um, and then uh, Texas and uh, Martinsville and Bristol. <laughs> those four places. If I can win those multiple times, I'd be a happy person. Yeah, I, those always seem to be kind of the ones that everyone likes. Um, some people say Dover. They, they, uh, I know when we spoke with uh, a few of the guys, they said Dover's a, a track that they always see as like a bucket list track. But obviously, the, the you know, Texas, because, you know, you being a, you know, from from there, and then the other three are just those are essentially the pinnacle tracks. The, those are the ones that I look at, and they're always exciting. They're it's just the tracks that you want to win at. Yeah, exactly. Now, you have your whiteboard. You talked about that before. You're you're in truck now. It, do you have on the whiteboard like is there a two year plan, a three year plan? Is is that how you kind of visualize things, or is it? You're just kind of letting the chips fall where they may. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I can't remember what I had on there before, but nowadays, yeah, it's more of like there's there's like a two, three, five-year, ten-year type plan on there. Yeah, like uh, maybe four or so. Like I'm looking at my board right now. I have four things, you know, race full-time cup series, you know, for the next ten years, you know, earn a certain amount of money a year, you know, um, uh, you know, be able to start a beautiful family, and, uh, yeah, be in Hollywood afterwards. <laughs> So the, the plan isn't to, after uh, you retire, to start running a, you know, as you're a team owner, nothing like that? You don't, do you not like that end of the business? Or? Maybe, who knows, I don't know, but um, I definitely want to be in Hollywood. <laughs> All right. If you could take what you learned in the academy and give everyone, I guess, maybe, you know, be, being a military person doing all this, what would be the one thing that you would want everyone to know about you? What would be, uh, maybe if you will, your mantra? Um, Biggest thing is just kind of the, um, you know, never, like I would say this this is one quote, I learned it from Les Brown, never let someone's opinion of you become your reality. That is my thing right there. That's it. I mean, that applies to everything in life. Never let someone's opinion of you become your reality. Because uh, too many people let people's opinion become their reality, and that's why I don't go anywhere in life. You know, like if you, if someone thinks that I can't be a race car driver, I'm not gonna let that opinion become my reality. Like I don't care. Like if I think I can, I will. Beautiful. Is there anything else? Um, you know, business wise, I know I, I was actually on the uh, the website. I, I saw that one of the one of the events was canceled. Anything that you're hoping that will come out? Anything you wanna? plug any you know your social media the, the floor is yours for whatever you want to uh kind of throw out let us know more yeah, about um, 
anybody can uh, follow me on social media. You know, I'm uh, I'm pretty accessible on social media, so um, you can reach out to me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. Um, just t- uh, type in my name. Uh, I don't have any like code names on there. It's just my name, so Jesse Uji, J E S S E. I W U J I. If you can't remember that, go on to Google and type in Navy NASCAR driver. I'll be the only one that pops up. Pages, <laughs> and you can see my name there. So um, look me up, follow me on social media, all the platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, um, whatever. I'm on everything. It's up TikTok. I mean, I'm on TikTok, but I just deleted my TikTok because I heard they're spying on us. So um, I got rid of that. But uh, besides that, yeah, that's how you follow me on that stuff. Or go to my website, buy stuff on my website. That always helps. <laughs> Excellent. Wait, who's spying uh, us on TikTok? Uh, China, because it's a Chinese-owned app. The company that owns it's based out of China, and the way they're the, the, they have different rules in the U.S. So they've been there's a lot huh. of data in your personal stuff and things that they've kind of been taking from people without people really knowing uh, behind the scenes. And most of the companies that you know own and create these apps, all of them are out here in the U.S. Well, when you're in China, rules are a little bit different, and they can do certain things, and there's no repercussions. The government controls a lot. Oh, so, man. Um, yeah. Better delete my dance videos. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't dance. <laughs> well, it's not even that. It's not even that, like, it's just the videos. Are, but, like, it's more of, like, when you, when you have an app on your phone, it's able to go access different things and see different things you're doing, depending on what you let it do. Right. Um, so, you know, a lot of people have everything pretty much open because we don't think about it. Well, then it's able to access, okay, what websites are you going to? Uh, when you're going on these websites, what are you doing? You know, who knows is even able to look at maybe the passwords and stuff that you're putting. Like, there's all these different things that you put in your phone, and certain things have access to it. But usually, you're protected through all these privacy policies, and like especially in the U.S. But China is a different story. Like, they can do things with their information that over here would be frowned upon. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Uh. Never trust them. I, n- I never have. I never will now. <laughs> TikTok. Get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, we will... I'm going to be tuning in Saturday. I hope you have a great race. I'd love to see yes. you win. I'm going to be cheering for you. I'm very excited about this. Hopefully, you'll be in plenty of races to keep me entertained up until they're back on actual asphalt. And... If you're at, my plan is to hopefully go to Pocono this year. So if you're there, I will be cheering you on 100%. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see. And eventually I'll be running full season. So I'll be there eventually. Yes. And if I ever make it to an Army Navy game, I, I maybe I'll see you in the stands. I'll buy you a beer. Thanks. <laughs> Give me a Corona. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I guess is the. What is the last thing that you maybe want to say right now? I'm, I'm, this is uh, more of a, a, a quiz. A quiz. This is what I usually always say. Go Navy, beat Army. I knew what it was. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I'll let you have that one just because I'm a big fan. So I'll let you throw that one out, and I will eat humble pie on this year's uh, loss. So. But we appreciate it. So, again, you know, check you out on Saturday night. I'm be cheering for you, and it was really great talking with you. You too. Thank you so much for having me on the show. All right, thanks, oh, no Jesse. Problem. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you. All right, have Thank a good night. You. All right. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, Jesse Uwiji. 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 I can't say it. Uh, 
Very nice man. Yes. Very nice. Hero, and, yeah. American Patriot. Really, just kind of worked him worked his way into NASCAR and just just by himself, pretty much. Technically, yeah, right? grinder, man. Yeah, that, that's you gotta respect that, and and the fact that he was in the Navy. It's no fucking. Yeah. They're no joke, man. Yeah, I mean, like I said, he sat there and he, you know, immigrant parents worked his way up. Mm-hmm. You know, set himself to a, an amazing school. You know, beat my beat my college football team. Ends up starting businesses and hustling, just hustling. And now he's, he, you know, he's got all these things going on, and you know, hopefully a, a promising career in NASCAR. So right. And he ended just in time because the Giants are picking their next pick next. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot it's draft night. Yeah, I've been kind of. I wasn't watching, but I've been kind of keeping an eye. Um, but yeah, a very good interview. Uh, very nice young man. Yes. So, and I, I, I really am impressed with what NASCAR is doing with this whole. E NASCAR, I racing, whatever you want to call it, it's it's really it's really amazing what what they do with it and the technology and everything that goes with it. It's 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 a hell of a thing. So it's definitely going to be something that I'm going to be uh, cheering him on. Uh, you know, uh, Spencer Boyd is as we said, we interviewed him in the past. He's been on it, and Christopher Bell. They're all all these guys are, are racing in it. So I feel you know maybe we can bring them some good luck, and if if they win. It'd be great to get him back on, so... Yes, definitely. But, I guess that's another another week in quarantine here. Another week? How how you, how you holding up in quarantine? I'm literally just covered in dirt, moving boxes, my back is killing me every night. It's just getting everything out of the storage unit. It's just been, it's been sitting in there dusty for four, uh, four years, so I'm, I'm every day just covered in, in filth and... That's what, and this was essentially supposed to be a week we were going to go on our cruise, but obviously that was canceled. Yeah, that's right. You're supposed to be on, vaca- you're on vacation this week. I'm on vacation, so nice. it's just me sitting there being uh, a filthy dirtbag, having <laughs> to do all this work. So mm. it's been not a fun vacation. If yeah, you, but it's got to get done. So I hear you. I hear you. But the good thing is, like I said, we got to interview an awesome guy today. So. We did. We did. Very excited about that. All right. Follow us on Twitter, Bull in the Ring PC, Instagram, Bull Ring PC, Facebook under Joe Tom or Bull in the Ring PC. You can find us on Podbean, Podcoin, Spotify, Apple Music. Please write and review us on Apple Music. Follow Jesse Awuji. Uh, he is on Twitter under uh, or Instagram under Jesse underscore Awuji. That's I W U G I. Um. I didn't get a chance to look up at his Twitter, but I'm assuming it's the same. But like he said, just go on Google and put Navy NASCAR driver. He's the only one that's going to pop up. I mean, that, that's a hell of a career you could have. I mean, you really can't get any better than that. I, I learned a lot of new things. I didn't know they molded the seat for you. Yeah, I heard that, but I didn't know if they... Like, I know that they molded it to your... You know, your, obviously your, your, your width and your body size, but I didn't know if they moved it back in the... The chassis itself. I didn't. I didn't know all that. Yeah. So. I, I mean, I. I don't. I'm not as into NASCAR as you are, but I. I never knew. I thought they just put a seat in, and there you go. Pretty much like there any car seat. But yeah, they, they mold it to your body, and that's never knew that. That's something else. Yeah. So. Well, any uh, any last words this week, Tom? No, I'm 
No, not really. Okay. I'm just, uh, I'm just gonna go try to take a shower now, uh, loosen up these muscles to go back at it again. All right. Another, another fun day here at the, uh, the bull ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to see it for myself. Yeah. All right. Well, until next week, I am Joe. I'm Tom. And we'll see you next week right here on Bulls in the Ring.